T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. What's up? Thursday night, Chicago. I'm Mark Grody with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Oh, we got a bunch of bears to talk in this hour. Hub Archers will join me in about 20 minutes from right now, 820. Hub and I were at the OTA, so... I want to see what stood out to Hub Arkish at uh, the OTA. And I asked a question right before the break that I want to get back into here at 312-644-6767. And that is, which player on the Bears, other than Justin Fields, are you most interested in this season? 312-644-6767. Let's mix it up a little here. I've got... I've got my five guys that I am going to present to you, but while we're doing it, like if you want to call and chime in and give me yours at 312-644-6767, I would love that. So as a matter of fact, let's, you know what? You callers here on the score are our life's blood. So let's start with you and a, a player that, you are looking forward to seeing this year other than Justin Fields. We begin with Ken in Schaumburg. Ken, you are on the score. Grody, my friend, how are you tonight? I am well, Ken. How are you? You sound great. I'm, I'm great. I'm not too drunk tonight. Don't worry. Okay. Not too drunk. What are you, like four beers in? Uh, around there. It's my ex-wife's birthday. I really don't know how to take it, so I just have a couple shots and then... Go on my day. <laughs> okay. Who who is your bear other than Justin Fields that you are looking forward to, Buzz Ken? Okay, thank you. Uh, I gotta say, Khalil Herbert. I wanted. I, I'm wondering what you've seen and heard, and uh, and and if you think he could be a good compliment for Montgomery in the in the future, and if uh, and and also um, with Daz Newsome. I love this guy, right? I mean, he's like, he's like, he's just this great, this fun story, right? And he gets hurt, he gets injured. Is that going to keep him from making the team, or is he still going to have a chance? All right, Ken, back to the back to the buzz with you, my friend. I will answer both of those for you. Um, Khalil Herbert, about whom you just spoke, the Bears' sixth round pick out of Virginia Tech. Here's what I've, you know, like, he's very present out there in these OTAs. I, one thing that I saw him doing during the OTA the other day was he was one of a few guys returning punts. So 
I and I will just say this: I did not see Tariq Cohen out there. He may have just been given like a a veteran's day off as he continues to come back from his injury. And I think it's still going to be Tariq Cohen returning punts based on what Chris Tabor told me the last time we had Zoom and I asked him straight up, is it is it Tariq Cohen? Is he still? And he said, yeah. And this, you know, he's obviously dealing with some seriously intense personal stuff too with the very sad death of his brother. So he's dealing with that and then the injury. So he just wasn't out there. However, they've, they've got to have backup and you know, so Khalil Herbert answered that question. He was out there returning punts, and and so was Darnell Mooney for whatever that's worth. Um, who's the other? Oh, Daz Newsom. Yeah, no, he, I I think Daz Newsom's still going to make the team and still will have every opportunity to. I'm pretty sure that the entire draft class of the Bears uh, will make the team. I mean, the the only guys you look at and, and you wonder about are the later guys three sixth rounders and Herbert Newsom and Thomas Graham Jr. And then the big nose tackle Kyrus Tonga in the seventh round. I think they'll all make, they're all going to make the team. And yeah, it, it, the problem with Daz Newsom now with this injury, it probably will stunt how quickly he is allowed to get on the field when it's real and impactful. I remember, I always think back to, and he might be ready for training camp, who knows, but I always think back to, Riley Ridley in his rookie year when he was in camp and then he got injured and just like missed missed a lot of camp and then it just kind of set the tone for what has been a very odd Bears career where he hasn't been able to get on the field a lot hasn't been able to be in uniform a lot of the time either so that is uh, that's a very long answer to Ken's question three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven all right let me get to uh, a couple of mine now. If, if you don't mind. Um, and the first guy that I will say Bears. that I'm looking forward to seeing, other than Justin Fields, is Cole Komet. And first of all, let's hear from Cole. This, this is what he, he says that he is going, why he is already better this year than last year. Take a listen to Cole Komet. After being a year in the offense and, you know, kind of understanding what, you know, Coach Nagy and Coach Laser are kind of doing with this offense, I'm just a lot more comfortable with it. Um, you know, I'm stronger. I feel like I'm quicker and faster right now. So, um, you know, it's a lot of confidence going in with the offense and, and in myself. All right. So last year, Cole Komet, 16 games played, played in every game, 28 catches, 243 yards and two touchdowns. And I just would say more, please. And we know what was going on last year. It it was frustrating, I know, for Bears fans because it didn't seem like Cole Komet was really a big part of the Bears offensive game plan early in the season. And there were a lot of targets and touches for Jimmy Graham early on that a lot of people thought that Cole Komet should have had. And I think that this may, because he got really good towards the end of the season in the last five games, and you started to really see that that rugged and talented, fast, good route running player in Cole Komet, I think it's possible that in this case, that the Bears did do a good job of developing a young rookie player, one who was, a again, a second-round pick, so it's not like he, he was necessarily considered a plug-and-play, considering the complications of that, that tight end position and not having had a real preseason. I think that they did... I think that they might have done a good job of developing. Some people would say, well, why didn't you play him, you know, more during the early part of the year? Maybe you could have gotten the same production you got in the last five games. I don't think so. I, I think that they, they made a decision 
that they were going to give Cole Komet as much as he could handle, which wasn't a lot early on because of getting ripped off of the preseason and, you know, everybody having done that because of the pandemic. So I actually think this is a good case of development in, in Cole Komet. And if he picks up, and I have no reason to think he won't pick up where he left off in those last five games. I'm looking forward to seeing that out of, out of Cole Komet. My next guy on my list of players that I want to see, I'm looking forward to seeing other than Justin Fields this year. And and a lot of you on Twitter said Justin Fields for the answer. Very good. Well played. Um, Is, and this is on my Twitter, on the question I put up there, a lot of you guys said this guy. And it is Darnell Mooney. And Mooney talked about the other day the value of playing experience last year. Take a listen. Sometimes then before the play even happens, I can see how uh, it plays out of my head and then seeing defenders' body language and understanding the, uh, the defensive look. It, it is extremely benefit to be able to have that experience in my belt. Darnell Mooney, like Cole Komet, played 16 games last season for the Bears, 61 catches for 631 yards and four touchdowns. That's terrific. I mean, really, like talk about unexpected. I didn't know if if Darnell Mooney would make the team last year. I didn't know if Darnell Mooney was going to get into a game. I didn't know if he was going to be active or inactive. And as it turns out, in the back of their minds, the whole time the Bears are saying, oh, this guy's going to get on the field. And it was the Anthony Miller effect. It was because of the ineffectiveness of Anthony Miller. The Bears had to begin to develop somebody else to be the guy opposite of Allen Robinson. Now, the reason I'm really looking forward to Darnell Mooney this year is because I think he, like, He's got to take the next step. Like, if we really think he is as talented as he looked last year, it's it sounds crazy to say, but it's got to be better than 631 yards and four touchdowns. That's got to be that's got to be like at least 900 yards and maybe seven or eight touchdowns, depending on how much the Bears are flinging the football around. And you just have to have something that is dependable and real beyond Allen. Robinson. Robinson is terrific. He is great, but there's got to be more in that offense. And I am depending on Darnell Mooney to be that guy. So that's why I put him on my list. All right, my next guy, I've got three more for you. Robert Quinn is a guy that I am looking forward to watching this year because last season was a no good. Two sacks in 15 games. After the Bears signed him to that big deal because they liked the 11 and a half sacks that he had had in 2019. And here's what I think. I think that if Robert Quinn comes out like he did last year, we had a forced fumble in his first play. So if he comes out and he is not getting to the quarterback and not making a huge impact, I don't know how much patience they're going to have with him. Because there are other guys, and I, I just remember back to to Sean Desai talking about you know naming other players that are behind Robert Quinn on the depth chart right now, and the new outside linebackers coach was saying similar things. But I got my eyes on, and I and I do hope, and I know Bears fans do, that Robert Quinn is Robert Quinn this year. Like, he's back to that dependable guy who makes plays and gets to the quarterback. But if not, somebody that who, who was very present in the OTA the other day 
was Travis Gibson, who actually had an interception in the game. Travis Gibson, the fifth-round pick out of Tulsa from last year, who did see the field some of the time last year, but was a learning process for him. Uh, I do wonder if he will be a bigger part of the rotation. I do wonder if Robert Quinn, like you said, comes out slow again this year, if he will be supplanted by either Travis Gibson or James Vauders has comported himself fairly well with the Bears. And then they also brought in Jeremiah Tachu. So they are... There's guys lining up, and I, I, think the, I think the pressure is on Robert Quinn this year, and I am looking forward to seeing how he responds this year. All right, I got two more here, and then I want to get Adam Stadinsky in here too as well because, you know, Bears. The left tackle, that's my next one, okay? It's, it's probably going to be Tevin Jenkins' job, although there was a lot of Elijah Wilkinson out there the other day playing left tackle as well. So they're not just going to hand it to to Tevin Jenkins, but I've been saying this a lot lately, that if that left tackle position works out, if you can square that away, then your offensive line is going to be a position of strength, because assuming health, Sam Mustafer, who looks like a real center, James Daniels, who looks like, who was looking like a guy who was headed towards a Pro Bowl, Cody Whitehair is a Pro Bowl player. Um, Jermaine Effetti was very good at right tackle last year in the six games in which he played it. You square away left tackle this year, that might be a position of strength. So that's why I'm looking forward to both Tevin Jenkins and Elijah Wilkinson. And then the other guy, um, one last guy, is, is Eddie Jackson. And that is just because he was such a dynamic player and, you know, back in 2018 and being a Pro Bowl and All-Pro and it just there's been a slide, and he is not old enough to be on the slide yet. So, I'm and and let's not forget, Kyle Fuller's gone. Jalen Johnson is young. He he's got to own that secondary again, and there I, he's got to make plays and get back to being the Eddie Jackson that we know. So those are my guys right there. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Putting the question out there to you as well. Who other than Justin Fields are you most looking forward to seeing? Let me ask that question to my guy Adam Stadzinski, who is the the biggest Bears fan at the score. Who is your guy? Who are you looking forward to seeing other than Justin Fields, Studs? I am glad that you finished your list with Eddie Jackson because he is number one on my list. He's the first Ah. name that came to mind when you brought up the question. And that's because of exactly what you said. He's just been on this monstrous slide. I mean, culminating in that playoff game where at times he was the worst player on the field. It was he was so bad in that game against the Saints. I didn't I couldn't believe it was the same player that we saw in twenty eighteen or even twenty nineteen. Yeah. He he did have some bad breaks last season. He had what three touchdowns called back, two at least two of which were complete really ridiculously called back. So his stat line didn't look as good as it probably should have, but even so, I mean he just was lost in the open field trying to make tackles at points. He wasn't as elite in coverage as he usually had been. So like he is just, I'm going to have my eye on him from start to finish, especially in the first game. So that that's number one for me. Cause it's Got like, it. if he is not who we thought he was, I mean, I, I, 
I will say, I fully believe that he is more the player we saw in 2018 than what we saw in 2020. Like, I think 2020 is the outlier because his body of work shows that he's a pretty damn good football player. And I don't know what happened last year, but I'm expecting a bounce back season. I agree. Yeah. And, and I, right. I'm willing to write off what happened in 2020. If it get like, I don't think that we should expect him necessarily to get back to what he did in, in 2018, but some semblance of that for sure. Um, real quick, before we take the break and bring in Hall Barkish, honorable mention on my list to two guys, Eddie Goldman and, and David Montgomery. Eddie Goldman just because, ah, Eddie Goldman is back. And then David Montgomery because he sounds like a guy who could, who is poised to, to really have hit the proverbial breakout season this year. Quick break. We come back. We talk more Bears with the man himself. Hub Arkish is next on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. He threw a a, a ball today in in a cover two coverage, and it's a little hole shot that you got to kind of get it in there. Perfect back shoulder. Right over the top of the head, it was it was it was beautiful. And when you see that, does that uh, can you guys start dreaming on what that may be here? You know, whenever he does get to play. Oh yeah, you 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 see it in him. You know, he's going to have an outstanding career whenever his time comes. I know he's going to embrace it. That was Bears running back. Damian Williams talking about Bears rookie quarterback Justin Fields. I'm Mark Grody with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, thanks for being with us as always. I'm here with you until 10 o'clock tonight. Got a ton to do still in the next hour and a half, including we will hear from Ian Happ of the Cubs. I will be joined by the one and only Les Grobstein at 925 to talk about anything and everything. Right now, though, we are full steam ahead on the Bears, a conversation which I would like to continue with the scores, Hubba Arkish. He is also the executive editor of Pro Football Weekly. He joins me right now. What's going on, Hub? How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you tonight? I am doing well, and uh, you and I were both on the the sidelines for the Bears OTA in Lake Forest the other day, hanging out there in the heat, and uh, which was, you know, which is fine. I have no complaints about that. We just heard from uh, Damian Williams right there, Hub, and there was a a lot of us asking other Bears players for their reactions on on Justin Fields, and it's all glowing right now, as you would expect. Uh, you wouldn't expect them to say anything differently. What, what have you thought about Justin Fields so far, and in particular what we saw from him the other day in the OTA? 
Well, listen, I thought both Dalton and Fields struggled a little bit yesterday compared to what we saw last week. Uh, but, but Justin Fields did make, uh, you know, a handful of special throws. Uh, the deep ball to Demir Bird was something that we haven't seen uh, in Bear uniforms in a while. Uh, Damian Williams uh, uh, pointed out, uh, you know, him picking apart the cover two and, and, and really, uh, you know, targeting a, a tiny hole in the, in the defense and zipping the ball in. You can see the, the kid's got exceptional arm talent. That, that's never been the issue. Uh, you know, there's no question about it. Uh, as a matter of fact, he may have the best arm talent of any of the five first-rounders this year. Trevor Lawrence is, is far and away, you know, the best prospect, the closest thing to a sure thing if there is such a thing at quarterback, which there isn't. Um, but that's the complete package. That's the field generalship. That's the high-leverage game experience. Uh, that, that's, you know, the, the great size in the pocket. A lot of things make him the number one prospect. But if you want to judge it on pure arm talent, it's probably Justin Fields, and, and he's, he has shown it a little bit, and so that's been fun. Uh, uh, I, I did think it was intriguing, though, as you point out, while all eyes are on Justin Fields when he is on the field, um, the thing that stuck out to me last week and yesterday is anybody who doubts that the Bears are, are making Andy Dalton the focal point of, of the offense in terms of being the leader in leadership uh, isn't paying attention because every player we talked to talked first about getting to know Andy, helping him getting to know the offense, uh, enjoying having him here. And, and so, you know, for, for what you can make out of these voluntary OTAs, uh, uh, I think Dalton and, and Fields probably both benefited the last couple of weeks. When you said that you thought that they both had uh, rough days yesterday, what did you see that makes you say that? Well, Matt said it afterwards that they got a little sloppy yesterday, and not them, so to speak, not just the two quarterbacks, but everybody. Um, but while there were some great throws, there were also some missed throws. The accuracy uh, at times more with Fields than with Dalton wasn't what you would expect. Uh, there were, uh, I think, was there one or two interceptions by the defense, um, which would be fine if it was the Bears' defense. Yeah, but the, there was the a couple. Top, yep. Yeah, the top 16 guys on the depth chart aren't there. You know, so right. that, pro- that, that probably shouldn't be happening. Um, you know, but again, it's a voluntary you know workout in June, and it's more about knowing what you're doing and making the right decisions. It's, it's not about you know being perfect on every throw. Uh, you're also dealing with receivers who may not be re- running perfect routes. So, um, you know, I didn't see anything that, that concerned me. I didn't see anything negative. It just felt a little sloppy. And, and, you know, after watching it, I wondered if it was just me. And then, you know, it was one of the first things that Matt Nagy said afterwards is they got a little sloppy yesterday. What did you make of the the, the fumbled snaps by by Justin Fields? Any, anything? Do we, do we take anything from that or it just happened? You know, I didn't because I know that it was not Sam Mustafer the, the the second time. I don't think it was the first time. I you know he he is out there, but but he was basically getting snaps from second and third teamers. I think this kid yeah. Adam Redman who's trying yep. to make the team. Yep, uh, it was Adam had Redman. A couple yep. of them. And, and and actually one of them was it was a shotgun snap that never got more than six inches off the ground. So that really obviously isn't Fields' fault. Now he may have screwed up the cadence or the signal. That I don't know. Um, and then the second one, he was under center, where he didn't spend a ton of time at Ohio State. He, he had more experience there than Mitch Trubisky did coming out of North Carolina. Um, so, you know, again, I, 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 it didn't bother me. It's not what you want to see. You know, Matt Nagy talked about cleaning it up, uh, but I don't think it really told us anything about fields one way or the other. Anything else stand out to you? 
in the in the OTAs of things that you know that we're allowed to discuss and talk about from from the OTA? You know, Mark, not so much on the field stuff as it's been another opportunity to talk to you know probably what half a dozen eight players over the last two weeks that we hadn't talked to in in three or four months, and so I think you know we start to learn some things there about uh, those particular players as well as the the, the attitude uh, and the environment um, around the team right now. Um, I, I am impressed with how they've upgraded their team speed. I, I don't think we talk enough about it, but but mm. in adding, uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin, there are four players in the history of the Combine who've run four, faster 40s at the Combine uh, than Marquise Goodwin, and the only one who became a, a significant NFL player was the running back Chris Johnson. Uh, there's only seven players that have run faster than Demir Bird. Uh, uh, now, one of them was Champ Bailey, and another one uh, is Henry Ruggs, who's in Oakland now, although he hasn't really arrived yet as the receiver they hope he will be. Um, and then you look at Damian Williams. Uh, you know, he's clocked 4.45 in, in the 40. David Montgomery runs 4.63. Uh, you know, Tariq Cohn <laughs> only runs 4.38. And so uh, I think they've, they've added significant speed, uh, a wide receiver and running back. Uh, they've gone from one of the more pedestrian receiver groups in the league, uh, you know, not the worst, but certainly nowhere near the fastest, to they may be one of the fastest groups out there right now. You know, Allen Robinson is your big possession guy, but then in, in Goodwin and Bird and, and Anthony Miller and, and Darnell Mooney, you've got four guys who run under 4-4 in the 40. And I think that's been a conscious effort uh, by the Bears. Uh, you know, Matt Nagy has talked about the, the, the competition that they've added. He's talked about the scheme fits they've added. Uh, but I think they've really focused on team speed. And you look at it everywhere. Uh, obviously, the one position they didn't touch is tight end. But you look at the changes on the offensive line. And, and they are now... You know, younger for sure, but also much more athletic. I think with Tevin Jenkins, uh, um, you know, Fetty at tackle is more athletic, mm-hmm. uh, more athletic than uh, you know than Bobby Massey or Charles Leno ever were. Um, I think Larry Borum, his feet have been very impressive. I look over on the defensive side, and you know, in the middle of all that competition in the secondary, particularly at cornerback, uh, again they, they've added plenty of speed now. Uh, you know, when, when you look at not so much Trufant, but if Dre Robertson is healthy and can compete, and if Mike Joseph is healthy and can compete, and Thomas Graham Jr. Um, so I think that there certainly has been a conscious effort uh, on both sides of the ball to, to add speed, and they appear to have done a pretty nice job with that, assuming that these kids are also going to turn out to be good football players. Is One thing that stands out about to one of their, their rookies, as long as we're talking about the, the bottom half of the draft class, um, is Kyrus Tonga. He's seventh-round pick. <laughs> he's huge, man. Well, I thought you were going to say something else. Not only is he huge, but he's the only defensive lineman at these workouts who's going to make the team. <laughs> so I mean, you, you've got your new defensive line coach, Chris Rumpf, and none of the veterans are there. And, and, and so you've got Tonga, who's a seventh-round pick, uh-huh. um, and then you've got two undrafted rookie free agents. And, and so he's getting all this personal tutoring. And, yeah, as far as his size, I mean, he's only about 6'2", but he's a legit 325, 330. Yeah. And that's apparently after dropping. Him and Larry Borum both apparently dropped down from 345 to about 320, 325. Uh, and and they, while they're both huge, uh, they both look fairly athletic for 320 pounders. 
Yeah, is do you think Tonga will actually be part of the rotation or something of a project guy in his his first year, where where maybe he won't even be active for games? What do you, what is his? What do you think his fate is in 2021? You know, he's he's definitely a developmental guy, Mark. But I, I would be disappointed if by week four, week five, week six, he hadn't earned a jersey on Sunday. And the reason for that is getting Eddie Goldman back is huge. Uh, at no point last year were they as good on the nose or the A and B gap as they are with Goldman. And early in the season when they were trying to play Bilal Nichols there, he, he was just out of position. Bilal Nichols had a great second half, and I think he's got a chance to be a breakout player this year. Mm. I think he's going to be really impressive uh, either as a five technique um, in, in the 30 fronts or when they go in the sub packages, I expect he'll be the three technique. And, and, and he may turn out to be a special player. He's in a contract year, and you saw how he was flashing last year, but he just was not stout enough to play two-gap over the nose. And, and then they finally they re-signed John Jenkins, and they brought in Daniel McCullers, and they got a little bit better there. But now Jenkins and McCullers are gone. Uh, uh, you had Brent Urban, who occasionally lined up on the nose. He's gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Mario Edwards Jr. and Angelo Blackson are not going to play on the nose. Akeem Hicks can do it, but that's not where you want him in the 30 front. And, and so, you know, my hope is that Tonga can become part of the, the, the rotation because, you know, I expect Eddie Goldman to be 100%. You know, the year off may have even helped him a little bit, but uh, I don't expect um, uh, that he can play 60 minutes. And Tonga would be the natural fit to go in there and spell him in the 30 front. Yeah, and then it'll be fascinating to, to watch that and see how that that develops along with hub arkish i'm mark Rody here on chicago sports radio 670 the score hub back to the the offensive line and you mentioned you know tevin jenkins i also noticed that that yesterday man i keep thinking it's like two days ago but but <laughs> yesterday elijah wilkinson was playing a lot of left tackle do you think there's an actual competition going on between elijah wilkinson and tevin jenkins or is it the appearance of competition to just need to so tevin jenkins doesn't think well he could just walk in and start in the nfl you know actually i'd say neither of the above i think it's just working on plan b uh you know gotcha. everything i've heard mark tells me that, that, that they're going to start tevin jenkins unless he's a disaster when they get to the exhibition games, but they don't have a backup. You know, there's nobody else on the roster who's played left tackle, uh, except Alex Bars, I think, played a game or two early at Notre Dame, um, and they don't want him. He may be. He may eventually end up with a chance to compete at right tackle, but the, the guys, the sources I'm talking to tell me they don't know that he has the feet to play on the left side. So I, I think they, they plan to start Tevin Jenkins. I think they expect him to be a plug-and-play rookie, but they've got to have a backup plan. They've got to have a swing tackle. Um, and, you know, last year they brought in Jason Spriggs. Before that, uh, I was really so sorry to see Cornelius Lucas get away. Um, you know, they've had different guys who've been that swing tackle. Right now, when you look at the depth chart, that's got to be Elijah Wilkinson. Uh, you know, Larry Borum, uh, looking at him now, I, I thought that he was strictly 101% a right tackle. He probably is, but with the weight he's dropped in his feet, I'm not saying he could never play left tackle, but that's not what they drafted him for. And so, you know, there's really nobody else on the roster you can put over there except for Jenkins and Wilkinson. So I think they're going to get, you know, Wilkinson what, what reps they can to make sure he's ready. But, but unless Jenkins really disappoints, I'd be really surprised if he's not the opening day starter. All right. Uh, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and, and I hope 
yeah, you don't you don't move up in the second round or take a second rounder of that pedigree to not have him be your your left tackle, especially considering letting Charles Leno Jr. go. Hub, what are those sources of yours telling you about uh, Aaron Rodgers? Anything new? Anything new on that front? As as far as your opinion on it, or anything that is <laughs> is going on that you might be hearing from from our neighbors to the north? No, I mean my opinion is unchanged over the last two and a half years. He's one of the great. You think he's staying right there, right? They're not trading him, (laughs) and and they're trying to make him the highest paid player in the league. They're not firing Brian Gutekunst because you know he wants him to, Um, and 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 a couple of his teammates can speak out in support of him all they want. It doesn't move the needle. You know, I, I think that he he just didn't think this thing through before he launched this offensive, if you will. Um, but but I still am offended going back almost two years uh, uh, with the uh, 10 million word article by Tyler Dunn, you know, about him and Mike McCarthy. Uh, it, it really spelled out McCarthy as the bad guy and Rogers as a victim. And that just, it was not great reporting. I, I, and Tyler Dunn is outstanding, by the way. I don't mean to, 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 to critique him, but in this case, um, it, it almost felt like he went into the story with an idea and then found everything he could to support it. Mike McCarthy may not have been perfect, but he was a hell of a football coach, uh, and, and he deserves credit for tolerating what we now know is, is possibly the biggest diva in the NFL in Aaron Rodgers. So, um, you know, my sources are, are, are telling me the same thing that, that I believe and that I'm assuming. There's nothing to do here. Uh, you know, in the history, probably in the history of all professional sports, but certainly in the NFL, a reigning MVP has never been traded. <laughs> you know, he's he, he's never retired. He's never been released. Uh, you know, you, you don't do that. You know, and um, now you know he can choose not to show up. He can choose not to sign a contract extension. He can choose to continue to be difficult. But all he's doing is tremendous damage to the organization. And 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 there is there there's no. You tell me. Do you see an out in this for Rodgers at this point? What's the win no. for Aaron Rodgers? You know, how, how does this come out with him looking good now that he has said he won't play for the Packers or Brian Gutekunst again? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, there were similar things going on with Brett Favre. And, you know, he alienated himself for Packers fans and Packer, Packers Nation for a while before the makeup. And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers... Like, that's the part that he's trying to protect, his legacy in Green Bay. And as you said, interestingly enough, to try to be the good guy in all of this, hence the article from two years ago explaining his whole side of it. And I think I was talking right over you when you said it. But did you say Aaron Rodgers is one of the, the, the great tools of all time in, in, the, in the National Football League? I said he's the biggest tool of the last three seasons. It's, uh, okay, uh, okay. It, it, it's become my, my favorite uh, adjective for, for, for Aaron Rodgers. I, I just, <laughs> you know, I don't want to say anything inappropriate, uh, but, but he's a guy, just the way he conducts himself off the field in his personal life, I just don't have much respect for him. And, and you know, now, now, having asked you the question, and I didn't mean to, to, to tee you up there, Mark, I, I, there is a fairly obvious out here. And you got you got the uh, the hint or you got the audition today from Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't know if you saw what happened in Seattle, um, but Wilson uh, talked to the media for the first time since February and told them that he he never really wanted to leave Seattle. He was just frustrated at the end of the season. 
and this is clearly where he wants to be and he's happy to be there. And if you think about it, you never heard from Wilson, okay? So if you think about where we're at with Rodgers right now, he himself has not been quoted. Now, you've got people really close to him saying things like he won't play, like he told them he won't play for, for Brian Gutekos, which I expect he has, but he himself is not on record or at least not on tape or audio or video anywhere of having said any of these things. So once he realizes, uh, I, I just read an interesting report yesterday. Uh, Aaron Rodgers over the last fiscal year made $90 million in a combination of his endorsements and his, and his uh, contract with the Packers, which I think was about $35 million. He's 37 years old. He's still the best player in the NFL right now, uh, or at least one of the three or four best. You really think he's given all that up? Do you really think over principle he's going to walk away from this because he doesn't like the GM? So what the out is going to be is that at some point he's going to realize there's nowhere else for him to go. He's going to sign a contract extension that makes him the highest paid player in the game, probably in the history of the game. And then the, the Packers are going to make one or two meaningless uh, roster moves that he's going to claim are what he wanted and what was done for him. And then he's going to come back and say, I never wanted to leave Green Bay. Because um, while he clearly does, <laughs> there's no out for him. And so uh -huh. my guess is that that's the way this is going to go. Uh, yep, and then we all made too much of it. So, yeah. No, I, no, right. no wait a minute. Time out. You didn't. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I've tried not to talk about it, so I know I didn't make too much of it. But I don't think anybody, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody's made too much of it be, because uh, he caused this. This is what he wanted. This is how he put himself out there as being bigger yep. than the organization, the league, and everything else. So no, I don't think anybody's made too much of it. Um, but you know, we are where we are. And, and as you try and apply any kind of reasonable logic to this, I just I don't see any other outcome. Hub, thank you for the information. As always, appreciate you uh, coming on here on a uh, Thursday night, man. Always appreciate Hub, and I will talk to you soon. All right, Mark. Take care, man. See you next week. All right. Yep, absolutely. That is Hub Arkish. Yeah, I'll see him next week because the Bears have a mandatory um, mini camp coming up. So that's going to be a little bit more interesting than what's been happening because it, you would suspect that the Bears veterans will be in attendance and will Allen Robinson be there? I tend to think he will, but we know he's not happy with that transition tag. When we return, some Chicago Bulls injury news, and I'm going to an American city tomorrow that I have never been to or never vacationed in. I will tell you what city that is and hope for some of your recommendations. Next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Nasty crossover, Ooh. and Kobe White foul line, all right? Knocks down a 16-footer. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What a little hole. Well, that's going to have to wait. Mark Rody back with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, the reason Put him in you the just heard. Boop. The reason you just heard again the voice of Bulls play-by-play -play man Chuck Swirsky right here on 670. The score is because there was a pretty serious Bulls injury reported today, and that is Kobe White underwent shoulder surgery. And he will be, they are saying, reevaluated in four months and training camp for the bulls begins september 28th the regular season starts right around october 20th so you do that math and it, it looks like you know he'll be reevaluated right about when the season starts so 
that is not good in terms of a an ever-developing player, Kobe White, heading into his third year, who sure has had his fair share of ups and downs since being drafted by the Chicago Bulls at number four overall a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he was benched this year for a while. He then got his starting point guard job back in the last 18 to 20 games of the year. He looked better at point guard, but the whole thing has been this year really just you could see from the way Billy Donovan has used him, and maybe the directive has come from Arturis Karnaschovas and to a lesser degree Mark Eversley. He struggles to be a true point guard with the Bulls. So, it, it is it is too bad that some of that potential growth is stunted right now or over the next four or probably five months, quite frankly. Um, and that's a position that the Bulls in this offseason were probably going to be looking at anyway um, in terms of having a true point guard, a true floor general. And so it doesn't change that. It actually makes it a little bit more urgent. So stand by on on that um, for the point guard help for the, the Chicago Bulls. To the text line now, 312-644-6767. Little, little bit of business here. From the 847, it says, um, you're going to North Carolina, the fugitive train wreck and, and the cat museum. <laughs> Happy trip, Mark. I listen to your shows. Mikey Tron in Antioch. Unlock me! No, it's not. But I, I was so excited to hear about this museum that in North Carolina. I don't I guess, care. Unlock me, um, man. My my Harrison Ford voice isn't working right now. Unlock me. <laughs> I don't have the growl. Unlock me. Uh, yeah, I'm tired. It's the end of the day. Uh, but anyway, they, I didn't yeah. kill my wife. Thank you. You switched the samples so you can make Provasic. Oh, there it is. There it is. I got the growl back. There, there it is. All right. Yeah. See, you hear it? See, it came. It came. Um, sometimes that happens. Like your just, voice just isn't as strong as at other times of the day. So I'm going to stop doing it now. So I have a voice for the next hour. But yeah, I, I didn't know this until a couple of weeks ago that there is a fugitive of train wreck display or the actual train wreck in North Carolina. And there is a cat museum. Both of those things are close to my heart because I love the fugitive and Harrison Ford. And I do own a cat, Dave, the cat, and I dig cats. Cats are awesome. So no, though, that's not where I'm going. There, there is an American city that I have never vacationed in that I will be leaving for tomorrow, about two o'clock in the afternoon. And that is Nashville, Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen. I am going to Nashville, and what a great scam I have going because I have a friend who is a big-time executive in the beautician barber world with wall shavers, and she has an extra business ticket for me to go and fly free and stay in a hotel and just hang out in Nashville for the next four or five days or so. So that's where I'm going. First time I, I will have flown since pre-pandemic and all that kind of stuff. And apparently they've been uh, pretty free in Tennessee for, for a while, from what I understand in terms of pandemic rules and, and all of that kind of stuff. I got so, my first yeah. tattoo in Nashville. Did you really? I did, yeah. It was, uh, what, you, what, 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 what year was, was that, tattoo? 2017, I think? Yeah, 2017. Did I right? overreact just now to that when I, when I was like, did you really? Because no. you didn't really seem to come back at me right away. No, no. <laughs> it was, okay. It was what was your yeah. tattoo? What's your tattoo? 
That first one was so. I don't know if you ever played the Legends of Zelda games. Negative. Okay, so you won't know what this is, but there is this one of the central things in the games is this thing called the Triforce, and so basically it's like a triangle formed with by three triangles, and I got that on my left forearm because Zelda: Ocarina of Time was my favorite game growing up. Okay, and it still is my favorite game of all time, and so and like I, I kind of got it because of that. And also for like the what the three triangles stand for stand for, which is wisdom, power, and strength, which I think is a cool theme. So yeah, that's what I got. That's awesome, man. Um, and yeah, and if anybody wants to text in your suggestions for going, I mean, I know like there it's rooted in country music, and but I really want some good food recommendations too. And I remember old Marky Mark doesn't drink, so when you when you think about the wild night, don't think about that necessarily. Think about the restaurants and cool play, like some music things that I could go to. I love music, I love food. I'm just like you. Um, oh, and while I got studs here. Real quick, like, I, I'm just following what's going on on the text line. And one of the texts from the 773 says, I appreciate your optimism about Montgomery, but what in Nagy's coaching history would make anyone think he would run the ball consistently? Um, there is no evidence of that. And then my executive producer tonight, Adam Staczynski, wrote back to this fellow, or fellette, um, saying, did you watch, like, any of the last four games last season? They ran the ball a ton, studs, and then and then the response from the texter was was um, I guess I'll believe it when I see it. Thanks for the snarky like any line though. That was pretty funny. I think that you've been working with Steve Rosenblum a little bit too much, Adam, because you're becoming uh, your your responses are they are snarky. The texter is right. Yeah, that's fine. I knew what I was saying. No, you're right. It was intentional. You're right. Well, yeah, it's just like he wanted. He said, "There's zero evidence." And I was like, "There's. We have multiple games of evidence to show that he was a top five running back at the end of last year." Was David Montgomery? And if that, once they reconfigured that offensive line, and it is easy to forget about the end of last season because it was so horrible in the beginning of the season. Once they reconfigured things, and now you have James Daniels coming back, and if Tevin Jenkins works at left tackle. I do think that offensive line will be a position of strength, and it just it does seem like David Montgomery's on the upward trajectory. So I actually see where both of you guys are coming from. I mean, it's been it has been a struggle, man, at at running running the football until those last five games last year. So I, on the I overall, say, the texture's right. Yeah, I will say, like I I understand the texture's point because. Honestly, the reason Matt Nagy probably decided they need to run the damn ball more is because they needed to hide Mitchell Trubisky's deficiencies in those last games, and they knew that, right. like, hey, this guy, this running back's pretty good. We can just hand the ball off a ton. Our offensive line's playing better. We're playing some bad defenses, and we're going to win games that way. So, that, yeah, that's, that's what yep. happened. So we'll see what happens if, you know, they can actually throw the ball consistently right, and then well. The, here, here's the hilarious part. If if Justin Fields or once Justin Fields gets in, there's not one Bears fan who's going to want him to be handing the ball off to David Montgomery or oh, anybody yeah, no 30 times a game. What so are we running we... the ball 30 times for? <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. Even the, even the old heads are going to be like, why isn't this guy throwing bombs? It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. I... I love covering the Bears. It's so fun. Um, all right, when we when we return, we've got a packed 
9 o'clock hour, which will include Ian Happ and Live Grobber. Live Grobber will, will join us a little bit later on in the 9 o'clock hour as well. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.